Hey, next Sunday, uh, the 23rd, the 30th, and April 6th, we're going to be doing a series on sex. And I've jokingly said that it'll, it'll be my last three Sundays here. Uh, hopefully not. Uh, but what I'm going to do next week, I'm going to talk about sex and what's right about sex. And then the next week, I'm going to talk about sex and what's not so right about sex. And then the, on April 6th, I'm going to talk about homosexuality, and which may be the hottest hot potato there is today uh, in our society. So uh, I hope you can be here the next three weeks. If uh, Maybe it'll be good, but if nothing else, just to watch me embarrass myself and fall on my face is worth coming for uh, to see that. So what I decided today is I didn't, I didn't want to be controversial since the next three weeks are going to be a little shaky. So we're going to talk about money. Isn't that fun? That's not controversial, is it? We're going to talk about giving. We locked the doors just a moment ago. You cannot get out. If you need to go to the bathroom, just be tough for, for uh, about 25 minutes. But if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We're going to look in chapters 8 and 9. 8 and 9. Now listen, sex is going to be really relevant to everyone in this room. I had some funny jokes told to me after the first service that I really can't say by some people. Like, what are you going to tell us about sex? And, and uh, you know, I said, well, whatever we say, we can pass it on to your grandkids. But it's going to be relevant. But listen, money is probably even more so uh, because it's where we, we live. And, and, I mean, it's all of our lives are affected, are affected by money. So here's where I want to start today. You're giving, number one, I'm going to give you four principles. And the first one is this, your giving says a lot about your faith. Now, if you're not a Christian, bear with us this morning. Just, we'll talk, we don't talk about money, but once or twice a year here. So bear with us, you'll see what some fundamentals of Christianity about money are, because there's a lot of confusion about that. But I want, I want to start with this, your, your giving says a lot about about your faith, and your faith there being synonymous with, with your Christianity. In chapter 8, verse 2 through 4, it says, Out of the most severe trial, their, their overflowing joy, listen, and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. These people were very poor and they had a lot of problems. Very generous. For I testify, they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. Verse 4, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. Now, that's not talking about the New Orleans saints. That's talking about Christians being saints. Now, this is very important. Context and understanding the Bible is always crucial. And the context here is they're talking about taking up a special offering for the people in Jerusalem. This is not, now we're going to talk about local church giving in just a second, but, but they're not, the primary thing of this was not the week in and week out offerings. In Jerusalem at this time, there was a lot of bad things going on. Jerusalem was heavily, heavily populated. There was a lot of poor people there. Uh, it was under a lot of persecution. There was a terrible famine going on. It was prophesied in, in Acts 11 that there was going to be a terrible famine in the area, and there was. So there was a great need in Jerusalem. And this apparently was the second time there had been a special annual offering 
taken up to give to these people uh, in, in Jerusalem. That's the context of what's going on. Now, to go back to this, your giving, if you profess to be a Christian, is an objective, clear way to measure your commitment to Christ. Now, I know it's easy to say if you're in the seventh grade or even if you're in college, well, this doesn't apply to me. Nothing's farther from the truth. You learn to start doing the right things. The younger, younger you learn, the easier it will be. My parents taught us when we got a 50-cent allowance that you gave a nickel to God every week. And, and when I got older, that was pretty easy to do. So don't say this is just for the old people. This is for, for everybody. Now, how does it say uh, something about your faith? I think in three ways. One, it says something about your knowledge. Now, this is not in any way critical. Some people don't give as they should. They just don't know how to give. And there's nothing critical about that. I mean, until you know how you should do something, it's hard to hold you at fault or responsible. So it says something about your understanding of God in the Bible. Here's the second thing. It gets a little tougher. It says something about your commitment to Jesus, your commitment to Christ. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump around some verses, but I want you to hear what they say. In chapter 8, verse 5, and they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves to get this first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. Verse 8, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity, you get that, of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. And in verse 24, toward the end of the chapter, therefore show these men, show these people the proof of your love for Jesus and them, and the reason of our pride in you, so the churches can be proud of you. And in verse chapter 9, verse 13, he says, because of this service by which you have proved yourself, do you get that? Men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your words uh, and your confession of the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, Here's what happens. People say, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. But God always says, that, that's great to say that, but the proof is always in the pudding. It's how you live. It's how you do life. It's how you treat other people. One, he tells them over and over and over, how you have given is proof, is one proof that you really love God. It's a testament of your commitment to Jesus. You can't, listen, I'm going to say something hard. Don't say you really love Jesus and you're going to sit on your billfold and not give as you should to God if you are a Christian. If you're not a Christian, you're exempt. If you're a Christian, don't say, man, I'm sold out to Jesus except here. That's like saying, man, I'm sold out to my wife except on Friday nights. Laugh at that. That should be funny. Man, I am faithful to, Wayne is faithful to Stacy every day but Saturday. Then he has a free path. That's not faithful. That's going to get you killed, man. That's not, I mean, that's dumb. So it's a, it, it shows your commitment to Christ. Here's the third thing. It shows your faith and trust in God. Here is some, one reason that some of us don't give like we should is, is it's scary. I don't have the money. How can I give to God when I owe so much? That's another problem. We'll address it another day. But we don't trust God enough to start giving as we should. Here in this passage, he commends them. He commends them for their trust. In chapter 8, verse 1 through 3, Brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. The, the book of Philippians, that would be some of them. Out of their worst trial, their overflowing joy, and their extreme poverty, they were very generous. 
I testify as much as they were able. They gave, even gave beyond their ability entirely on their own. And you go over to chapter 9, verse 10. God, who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge your harvest. These people that were given to this special offering, the group, the Macedonians, they were poor and they were having terrible problems. Here's what God says. They were poor, but they had terrible problems, but they were still giving unbelievably to help other people in other churches. They were committed to Christ and they trusted Christ. Some of us don't give because we look at our bills and say, well, I I can't do that. I can't give. How how am I going to meet my bills? It comes down to a faith issue. Hebrews eleven six. Here's the first part of that, and read that out loud with me. And without faith, it's what? It's impossible. In other words, to live the Christian life, you've got to trust God. You've got to trust God. Several years ago, there was a, there was a conglomerate of some different denominations and church groups that met in Nashville, and they were trying to decide what does a growing follower of Jesus Christ look like? Here's one of the many things they came up with. One was this, that people that love Jesus and know how to give, one way you can objectively measure their commitment to Christ is how they give their money. Okay? It's a test of your commitment to Christ. That's the first principle. Here's the second principle. The second principle is Christian. Now, it's Christian giving. It starts with your church. If you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian this morning, I want you to hear, this is real important. We're going to talk about sex the next three weeks. So we're not going to talk about money. We talk about money, not a whole lot here. So don't panic. If If you're starting to breathe hard and you're feeling your fate, your pulse go up, just relax. Take deep breaths. You're going to be okay. And I want you to know we're giving you a pass here. We don't want your money. We want you unapologetically, we want you. We want to reach out to you. We are not after your money. So this is for those of us who say that we're Christ followers, okay? Now, am I trying to raise money for my church? Absolutely. But I'm trying to preach the truth, okay? And so if you go to another church and you're visiting here today, this is for your church. This is for you and your church, okay? This is for the Christian. Christian giving starts with the church. Now, remember, and, and, and this, these two chapters have caused some misunderstandings because people have forgotten the context was primarily for a special offering. But how does, how does it start for the Christian? Well, it starts with a tithe to your church. It starts with a tithe. And we're going to examine what a tithe means in just a moment. Now, in chapter 9, verse 7, there is a verse that a lot of people like but don't don't understand. It, It says, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or not without a preacher pushing him. For God loves a cheerful giver. Here's what I've heard people say. Preacher, God doesn't care what you give as long as you're happy when you give it. Do you really believe that? Let's just say that, that Brother Bill Gates came in this morning. Wouldn't that be awesome to see Bill here? And Bill's down front, and he's going to give out a, a computer to somebody, you know, at the end of the service. If you come forward, you get a computer. Wouldn't that be cool? And, and so Bill, the offering plate comes by, and Bill's happy, and he's joyful, and he puts a $5 bill in there. If you're worth $80 billion, it doesn't matter how much you laugh and how happy you are. Do you think that honors God? 
You see, this was talking about a special offering above and beyond their regular giving. This wasn't saying you and I can set some arbitrary number or throw in our pocket change to God and that pleases God. Okay, it's very important that we understand that. Now, I know when you start talking about tithe, too, people get nervous. They don't understand it. They get uptight. They want to hear something else, but it's in the Bible for a reason. I want you to see a funny video, uh, but it does illustrate some, I think, some really good truths for us. I tithe, but just not like in the form of a 10% check per se. Let me tell you what I mean. When I go to church on a Sunday morning, they're selling donuts. I buy some. Boom. That's a tithe. When my whole Sunday school class wants donuts and I, out of the goodness of my heart, buy a whole bunch for the Sunday school class, boom, that's another tithe. But it's not about me spending money. It's about the smile on people's faces. That, my friends, is tithe enough for me. Case in point, the church was having date nights where we could take our spouse out for an evening, and they were charging $25 for child care. Boom shakalaka tithe. I'll tell you what the biggest tithe was. When I spent over $100 on our meal, and my wife was grinning ear to ear, that, my friends, a tithe. I, w- I would like to give. I would, okay? But everything right now is just crazy. I mean, just crazy, you know? I mean, not normal crazy, really crazy, you know? And if after I paid my bills and took care of the things that I need and want, then I would, I would consider giving something, but not, now it's crazy. We're, we're, we're going to give later. We've already talked about it. I mean, down the road, we'll be crazy givers, but right now it's just crazy. Yeah, I have money, that's a fact. But you know what, it's a hard thing between me and the Lord and the pastor because he needs to know what I'm giving now that we have this little building campaign going on, if you know what I'm saying. And pastor, I'd give a little bit more. I'd give a little something, something if you'd have that music minister sing a couple more hymns now and then, huh? Hey, what's this, watch this. Is that a Benjamin? I think it is. Benji likes hymns, come on. You want it? Ah, come on, pastor, do what I say, huh? Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> You know any of those? You know any of those people? That's pretty funny. What is the tithe? The tithe is ten percent. It's one out of ten. It's ten out of a hundred. And for some of you out there, you ultra wealthy people, if you got fifty million, it's five million. It's ten percent. How, how does the Bible teach that you give a tithe? The tithe now for the Christian is what you give to the church. You say, is it off the gross or the net? Now, what, what's, the, what's the difference? Well, the gross is that grossly exaggerated number before Uncle Sam <laughs> pulls out 30% of your check. I believe it's off the gross. I, I give off the first fruits. That's, that's how I tithe. I tithe off that. A tithe is given to your church. It's given 10% with no strings attached, like the manipulator. It's not saying, well, I'm going to give to the youth. I, I'm going to give to this cause or that cause. It's, it's saying, here's 10%. I'm letting it go. It's to my church, and, and it's forgotten. Some people say, well, hey, Pastor, the tithe, that's Old Testament law. It doesn't apply today. That's not a real good understanding of the Bible. In fact, the tithe started long before the law ever came into place. And if you're taking notes, in Genesis 14, Abraham gave a tithe to a guy named Melchizedek with a funny name. In Genesis chapter 28, Jacob gave a tithe of everything he had to God long before the law. In Matthew 23, when Jesus was confronted with some guys about tithing, Jesus didn't say stop tithing. He said, hey, 
Keep tithing. And by the way, your jerks be nice guys too. Tithing didn't go away. And if you think it went away, Jesus always upped the ante. He didn't lower the bar. So if you think tithing doesn't apply, then your, your bar should be about 12 or 15%. There's a great verse in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, the end of the Old Testament. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That was a place in the temple, the place of worship. That there may be food in my house, that things will be taken care of in the house of God. Test me, God, says the Lord Almighty. And I'll throw open the floodgates of heaven, and you're going to see great things. We'll look at that verse more in just a moment. Now, folks, if you're a Christian, why don't you tithe? If you're a Christian, why don't you tithe? You get mad at the preacher, I'm not going to tithe. Now, the thing about it is, is that honor God? Or here's, here's a good one. I'm going to tithe, but I'm going to give part of my tithe to a church in Arizona or in Canada or in California or in New York. Now, that's, that's really odd, isn't it? You, you would go to a church in Ruston or Little Rock, wherever it is, but you're going to support a church somewhere else. Give to that church, but your tithe belongs to your church. Do you really think it honors God to say, well, I'm mad at Wayne, so I'm not going to tithe? I mean, that's, that's crazy. If you're a Christian, and it doesn't start when you get older, it starts right now with the money that you have. If you can't tithe off $100, you're never going to tithe off $10,000. you are not going to tithe off a million. It starts where you are. A tithe is that 10% you give to your church. Now, I, wanna, I, I think here's another thing we see, though. You give above and beyond your tithe as you can as a Christian. We're not going to look at any verses, but that was the whole point of chapter 8 and 9. Tithe is the starting point. Tithe is where a Christian starts. An organized plan, this is what I'm going to do week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out. And then as you can, you give above that. We've got a special offering we're taking up this month at church. It's called the Annie Armstrong Offering. It goes to home mission causes here all over North America. It's an offering you give above and beyond your tithe. Now, now if you love missions and you love those offerings, let me tell you, the, the North American Mission Board, which supports the Annie Armstrong and some of those things, they won't exist in 20 years if people stop tithing. The foundation of those is, is the tithe. So Christian, your giving starts with a tithe to your church, and you give above that as you can. Now, here's the third principle. God loves generosity. Folks, God loves generosity. Here's the cool thing. God himself is generous. Isn't that great? Aren't you glad that God gives better than many of us give? I mean, God, God is so awesome and so generous. In chapter 8, verse 7, listen to what God says. But just as you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge, in complete earnestness and in your love, see that you excel in the grace of giving. In chapter 9, verse 7, give with a cheerful heart. Man, God loves people who give with a cheerful heart. Several years ago, an a, uh, insurance man named A.L. Williams, not the local football coach, but an insurance guy, listen to what the, he did. Him and his wife gave $70 billion. $70 million, Did I say billion? I meant million. $70 million, which is still a ton of money. $70 million to Liberty Baptist University. $70 million. That's generous, isn't it? And you know what? God loves that. That changed the direction of that school for 100 years. So, so if God loves generosity, here's what I want to challenge you. So well, I'm not a Christian today. Okay, that's great. Start being generous. Start being generous. 
Be generous to your church. Be generous to life choices, to CCA here in town. Be generous to Louisiana Tech. Be generous to Grambling. Be generous to the schools. Be generous uh, to your, your kids' activities. God loves people who are generous. God loves generosity. That's such an awesome thing. And it does so much, and it blesses so many people when we do that. I want to share with you something. This, this is pretty catching. You say, well, I can't be generous. I, I'm, I don't have much money. Let me put your money in perspective to the how you probably flesh out to the world. This is probably a year or two old. So let's say 2012. In 2012 in America, if it was a, a husband and a wife and you had two kids at home that were under 14, so a family of four making $35,000 total income. That is poverty here in the United States, okay? If you were making 35000 in that situation, you are in the richest 12.5% in the whole world. Your income is seven times more than the typical person in the world. And if you gave 10% of your income, if you make 35000 a year with four people in the home and you still gave 10%, you would still be in the richest 13.8% of the population. And your income would still be more than 7.1 times more than the typical person. And, and I tell you, we, we probably have people in the room today whose income is... 35 or under, and we got people in the room today whose income is 350000 and over. Think about how we as Americans see it with prosperity compared to the world. And you go, well, I can't be generous. No, you, you won't be generous. You can be generous. And folks, remember what I said. God loves it. Take care of your family. Pay your bills. Save your money. But be generous. Most people have this philosophy. Get all you can. Can what you get. And sit on the can. <laughs> That's not what God wants you to do. God wants you to be generous with your money. And here's the fourth principle this morning. Great things happen when you give as you should. You see, when you make a choice, I make a choice that I'm going to give my money God's way. I'm going to give as I should. Maybe I haven't even become a Christian yet. I'm going to start being generous. Great things happen when we give as we should. Here's the first thing. Needs are met. We meet needs when we give of our money. Now, here's the flip side of that. Things start to fall apart when there's not enough money. I want to show you a little video, I think, that illustrates that, this in a, in a true but funny way. When you don't tithe to your local church, the church's budget gets tight. Hey, Brendan, how's the budget? Not good. When the church's budget gets tight, Gosh. the pastor has to let the youth yeah. minister go. That's why y'all. When the youth minister gets let go, what about Janelle? What about what about Addie? He's replaced. By a senior volunteer. When he's replaced by a senior volunteer, the senior volunteer gives out at 6 30. He's asleep! What's leave? When the senior volunteer gives out at 6 30, your child and her friends miss the lesson on wise choices. Hey, is that your dad's new car? Yeah. 
when your child and her friends miss the lesson on wise choices, they make dumb mistakes in your car. When they make dumb mistakes in your car, the police get involved. When the police get involved, your daughter and her friends end up in jail. Don't let your daughter and her friends end up in jail. Tie to your local church. It could happen. But on the positive side, in verse 12 of chapter 9, this service, this giving that you perform, is not only supplying the needs of God people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. When we give as we should, we bless people. We'll never know this side of heaven how much our money and our giving helps. I want to share with you, at our church here, at our church here over the last six years, five or six years, because you guys have been generous and you've given so well, things we've been able to do on, uh, do on the spur of the moment. Not In 2008, Hurricane Gustav hit South Louisiana. We were able just right away to send $15,000 to some churches and other groups to help them. You know why? Because we had the money, because you had been generous. And in 2009, Life Choices needed an ultrasound machine. We were able to send them $5,000 just like that to help them because of you guys' generosity. 2011, bad tornadoes hit Alabama. We were able to send $5,000 immediately to Tuscaloosa to help with that cause. In 2013, bad uh, tornadoes hit Oklahoma. We sent $10,000 just like that to help people. You know, it may, it may be heaven. It may not be to heaven. But someday people are going to come up to you and thank you for how you've given and how it's met needs. Isn't that awesome? And that makes me so proud of you guys that we're able to do that because of your generosity. It meets needs. Here's the second thing. Man, God is glorified when we give as we should. God's glorified when we give as we should. Verse 12 and 13 of chapter 9. This service you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of this service by which you have proved yourself, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your words. And for your generosity in sharing with them. I want to ask you a tough question this morning. Is God, is God honored by your giving? I mean, really, you and God know how much you make, how much is coming in total. Is God really honored? You know, the, the Bible says when we get, listen, you say, well, I don't have a lot of money. I can't ever give $70 million. Well, who can? Very few people. But if all you can give is $10 and that's a tithe or that's a sacrifice, that honors God. That honors God. When you give as you should, God is glorified. Here's the last thing. You'll be blessed when you give as you should. This is not health and wealth. This is not Mercedes and, and Rolex. But this is absolute truth. In verse 6 of chapter 9, whoever sows sparingly reaps sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. In verse 10 and 11, he who supplies the seed, God, to the sower and bread for the food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion 
Through us, your generosity will result in a thanksgiving to God. I want to read you one more verse from Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 again. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Listen, this is the only place in the whole Bible God says, test me. There's other place God says, test me, and I'm going to hit you with lightning right between the eyeballs. Here God says, God says, throw it down, test me. Test me, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour so much blessing, you will not have enough room for it. Listen, this is not health and wealth, but here's the truth. You, you pay your bills, you're wise in your money, and you tithe and you give to God as you should. God will bless you financially. I promise you he will. I've seen this in my life. I spent a lot of my early years as a minister very poor, but always giving to God what was God, and God always met my needs, always met my needs. I want some of you, you're struggling financially, and man, it's, you're wondering, are you going to ever get out of this mess? You may have to make several decisions, but one is you've got to start honoring God with your money. And you cannot outgive God. I remember hearing an old man say years ago, I shovel it in, and God shovels it back. He's just got a lot bigger shovel than I have. Amen. You cannot outgive God. And when you give as you should, I promise you, God will bless you, and he'll bless your giving. Jerry Rankin, Dr. Jerry Rankin, his, his, uh, he's retiring now, but he's been the president of the Southern Baptist International Mission Board for, for several years. He was a pastor, a foreign missionary. Here's what he said several years back. This is really powerful. He said, the bottom line on your giving is you and God, period, when you know what to do. Dr. Rankin said, when you love Jesus and you're passionate about Jesus, you will have no problem giving as you should. And if you're not giving as you should, you can blame it on everything in the world, but the bottom line is it's a heart problem. Here's what I want to challenge you to do this morning. The first thing, if you're not a Christian, I want to challenge you today to give your life to Christ. We're going to give you the opportunity in a moment to do it right where you're standing, but I want to encourage you when we stand to take a huge step and come down here and pray with me or one of our ministers. And give your life to Christ this morning. Remember I said this earlier. God God, and we, we want you. We, we're not after your money. Maybe today you're ready to join the church. One way you can join the church when we stand is just come. There'll be a minister down here. We can help you do that this morning. Some of you, it's time to do it. You need to do it. Maybe you need to be baptized. Come today and do that. The rest of us that are Christians this morning, when we stand, maybe it's where you're standing. Maybe you need to come to the altar and kneel and before God or pray with a minister. Maybe you're a Christian, but man, the truth is, in your giving, you're getting an F right now or a D. And today, you need to repent. And you need to say to God, God, from this point on, not next month, not next year, but today, I'm making a choice to give 
as I should. God, I'm making that choice today. Christian, will you do that? Many of you Christians, you're doing great in this area. You keep it up. Amen for you. But let's stand. And as God leads you this morning, we'll be down here waiting on you. You come today and make solid whatever decision it is you need to make with Christ.